3: Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time.
2: There'll be food and drink and ghosts.
3: Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars?
0: You can say that and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev.
3: Hail to the king, baby.
0: Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I
3: have Amigo Isis action figure.
2: Ah, mighty Isis. And here are we. Go.
3: I did realize something. It's mm. been it's been quite a while since we've actually all recorded in a room, and you know we've been doing this whole podcast from home thing for a while. And um, I like not having you bastards in my house, especially especially sandwich. Oh, oh, oh!
1: Wow! Now, now I know you're recording because you insulted me. That's how I know. That's how I know we started. <laughs> um, not no. counting anymore. <laughs> we we don't count anymore. It's just when I start insulting you, sandwich, the podcast has begun. So, thanks Monty. It's
3: not insulting, it's just showing love.
1: Oh, thanks. It's when okay. I,
3: it's when I don't talk to you you need to be concerned.
1: Yeah. All right. For the
0: record, okay. I was only there like 5 6 times. So just I'm just saying.
3: Telling me where to order food from, bossing my dog around. I mean, Oh, you know. bossing
0: your dog around. No one bosses <laughs> your dog around. That's the problem. Oh, please. It's like a I, wild animal.
3: He's my boob, He's my little woos. He's the woo No
0: control, nothing. He's no control. Yeah,
3: whatever. You brought a sandwich into this house. That's that's the worst th- I mean <laughs> you did a lot worse, sir. I don't want to hear it.
0: Boys Sandwich serves a purpose.
3: So does so does the so does the woo-woos. Uh welcome to episode six hundred and seven of this uh lovely lovely thing we call the podcast. How's everybody going? What's new? What's what's the happy hap?
1: Nothing. Um, uh, I wanna say Yeah. I mean maybe, maybe you know, I'm gonna wait a little bit nope. before I jump into what I wanna No 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 no, 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 should, no, no should I, go into I have it? an idea should what I it is. go into be... it now? No, I we're have, all waiting.
3: I have an idea what it is. Go on.
1: All right. So uh, during the week, I forget what night it was, um, a certain someone hopped into the Discord feed. I missed it because I was out with my friends and I didn't notice the Discord notification. Um by the grace of God, somehow, my grandmother has found her way into the Discord <laughs> as grandmama. Grammy? Grandmama is as grandmama in Discord now. Um, which wasn't a bad thing, but it's just funny because, no offense to my, my nanny, my grandmother, I love her to death. I, I didn't think she would figure it out. I didn't think she wow. would. No, she's, she's into technology. You know, I'm probably going to get a text after this show. Because I just said that. Um, You know, she knows how technology works. She's like relatively tech savvy. I just didn't think she'd get in Discord. But uh, she did. So uh, thanks for supporting me, Nanny. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for being part of our lovely Patreon. She's been part Uh,
3: of... uh, She she participated more in Discord this week than you did, Sandwich.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very impressive.
3: um, How about them apples?
1: Yeah. Speaking of Patreon. Yes, sir. uh, You can follow us over at Patreon.com forward slash GeekStuffTNG. At the $1 tier, you can talk to members of the show like Monty
2: and And my grandmother.
1: And members of Sandwich's family. Maybe
0: not the ones you'd like to talk to. But, you know, you never know.
3: You never know. Go on.
1: At the $3 tier, you get the early bird special you get the show a day and a half early, which is usually now Wednesday nights, and a sneak peek at the prep sheet. For $5, you get uh, some stuff, like a weekend bonus show, which I'm going to record it tonight after the show, hey, which is man. kind of late for the weekend. Good man. And uh, eventually, you'll get, I think it's twice a month of ye old geek stuff?
3: Uh, you'll be getting it uh, at the beginning of the month. At the beginning of yes, the month. Yes.
1: Okay. At the $10 tier. Folks, you get Instagram Live, which is really where the magic happens. Really, where you know we let ourselves kind of, kind of go for a little bit and ramble more than we should, and say some things maybe we shouldn't say, but it's in the safety of Instagram, so it's okay. <laughs> Only the entirety of Instagram could hear it, which is kind of frightening.
3: That is so. Some, sometimes it is actually.
1: Yeah. And don't forget, folks! Don't forget Comic Con round the corner on the road. Comic Con twenty twenty one. <laughs>
3: That is so far off right well, now. At this what? Point. What is?
1: Are they doing a virtual one? Not to cut away. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What is virtual Comic Con? Do we have a date on
3: uh, that?
0: They do panels and sort of, We'll we'll have more information yeah. as it yeah. gets a little closer. I yeah, saw the exclusives <laughs> for Funko. So don't, yeah, don't get me started because there's one on there that I have to have and. I don't know where to get it or when. or I, I think know I know
1: which one you're talking about, but I'm not sure. I'm more which worried. one do you think it is? I think it's Escape from New York, but I'm not sure. You're correct. 100% <laughs> a nice correct. Because I, I, I didn't see a Scott Pilgrim one this year.
0: No, that's, I was about to say because I thought I was off the hook because I didn't see a Scott Pilgrim one either, and then I saw Snake Plissken, and I was like, God damn
1: it, I don't get a break. It's okay. a
3: nice one.
1: It's it's, a, it's it's nice. I like that Funko now because remember old Funko pops they kind of just stood there somewhat menacingly in their mm-hmm. box, but now there's like poses and stuff, you know, because they have money and they can afford it.
3: They can do that sort of for stuff. now. <laughs> um, for now, yeah. All right. Well, I think we definitely have a lot of stuff we need to cover. Yes, uh, I saw that. Some more shows and stuff too. So let's let's kind of just jump into everything. Uh, for what we have on the prep sheet also because I want to watch the South Park uh, uh, special tonight so there's there is that <laughs> there's uh, a time <laughs> there's is, that's is very true what is that's eight o'clock right? eight o'clock so we got 90 minutes boys so let's do this uh, Disney is uh, unfortunately <laughs> laying watch. off 2800 no of,
1: 20,000
3: oh, excuse me 28,000 yes excuse yes. me we're ads Oh where ads are tricky sometimes um uh within the company this is because uh, uh it, it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that there the pandemic's still going on, and a lot of people uh are still um not paying attention so uh as a result of it- And with, Disney
0: is bitching about california yes which which seems to be the the thing
3: yeah uh but I mean yes on this let's go up beyond the fact that. Yes, this sucks for so many people, almost 30,000 people. Um, uh, 67% are part-time workers. So it sounds like it may be a part-time job, like like to get some extra cash to kind of roll in. So it really, really sucks for those people. Uh, But what does it mean a little bit deeper? Uh, I mean, I'm wondering if this means that there's going to be delays for new attractions, new uh, additions to the park, uh, anything that's going to kind of uh, change year over year? Are there going to be some major delays for that? Which is undoubtedly which is which is likely because I mean it's, it's happening everywhere in terms of delays, um, which is kind of unfortunate. If you went to Disney last year, you're you know you you may see the exact same thing next year when you go. Not to say that's a bad thing, uh, but maybe you kind of want to change things up a little bit. So that's a little bit of the unfortunate uh, side. It. What's what's up, Dom?
1: Nothing. I I could see Kevin ready to fire off with uh, something. So, what what is it, Kevin? What what do you have to say? If you if you were lucky enough to go to Disney
0: last year (laughs) and you didn't ask your friends if they wanted anything, uh, you know the 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 opportunity for you to do so this year may be passing. You know, with the parks, you know, uh, you know, not being readily open and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, just had to get that in. Yeah, that's Thanks. Speaking of, speaking of, I have to say this. Uh our friend West Coast Scott uh messaged me yesterday when he was at the park mm-hmm. just to let me know he was there and if there was anything I needed or wanted, you know, he'd be glad to get it for me. It's a nice guy. So
3: Yeah, just I mean, saying. listen, but bottom line, we should all achieve to be West Coast Scott. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Um there is a little bit of good True. news though, uh, over in California. Um, there is a new mural that they put out, uh, as a tribute to Chadwick Boseman, um, which is really, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. It's just a very, uh, lovely, uh, piece that they put together. I'm not exactly sure how tall it is. It looks like it's at least 15 feet tall. I'm kind of just maybe even 20. I'm kind of just eyeballing here from eyeball Instagram photos. Um, but something that, that is just really powerful. Um, He's doing the uh Wakanda salute to a kid wearing the uh uh Black Panther mask who looks like he's a a, a cancer patient kid. Uh which just speaks volumes to again his character and it's just it's so powerful. It's it's absolutely beautiful. So they did a very very good job on Disney um in that portion there. So it was very very nice. Um as a side note, they even did a uh, um um, Todd McFarland actually also did one with Spawn, a new cover coming out, which kind of paid tribute. He's Spawn is doing the uh, the salute uh, on the cover, mm. very kind of plain Jane one. Very nice cover, though, at the same time. Um, going back to Marvel now, I Kev, I don't know if you saw this one. My instincts tell me you would um, loathe it, but uh, roll with r- it. R- no, loathe it. OG's program, no, loathe, oh. sir. Loathe. Um, on Disney Plus there's going to be a new original docu series called Marvel's 616 talking about yes. different aspects of the Marvel universe the culture uh and the fans that uh, also drive the industry at the exact same time um I'll I'll save my thoughts but uh, uh sandwich did you get a chance to check this out the uh, trailer dropped
1: yeah, I saw like maybe the first 10 seconds of the trailer. So it's basically like a making of the cinematic universe, I guess. Right. And you little... what it means to people or is it? It's you, no, you need to the watch the whole
3: trailer. Yeah, it's it's about the culture, okay. really. Um, it's more about okay. Marvel. Yeah, it's where
0: Marvel interact intersects uh, with mm-hmm. um, mainstream culture, I guess. for okay. lack a better expression. Yeah. yeah, what about, yeah I don't know. Trailer was nice. Really? I'm looking forward to it.
3: Oh, I'll I'll be honest, I was a little bit surprised to hear you say that. I thought you were going to bash it.
0: No, I'm not going to bash it uh, out of the gate. I'm going to say it's a very, it looks to me to be a very interesting documentary and they're going to take a lot of interesting angles. I hope it's something that goes on and that they discover, you know, like one of the, I think one of the shows is going to focus on some sort of theatrical. Uh stage presentation of Marvel stories mm-hmm. for high school or Marvel something Spotlight. like that I've never heard anything I've never heard about anything like that, neither have I so that to me seemed really interesting and if they're going to go through the world and find these little sort of nuggets where Marvel is impacting or intersecting with mainstream culture, I'm all for that. That's not been my, it's not my issue. You know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of scuttle about the fact that I hate Marvel. That's just not true. I love the Marvel cinematic universe. It is the cinematic universe under which all other cinematic universes should be judged. And I put that above star Wars. So stick that in your pipe kids. (laughs) That's right. The Disney sequels were terrible. And you know what? Yeah. I've never seen a terrible Marvel movie. I've seen a couple terrible Marvel TV shows, Agents of <laughs> Shield, Inhumans. But that said, those are two little blips on an otherwise nearly flawless map. It's a
3: pretty good record.
0: Yeah, you know, and the pre- you know, and again to bounce back, Star Wars prequels weren't that great either. So now we're talking about six of the nine films that make up that storyline. And, uh, you know, if you're doing it on balance, I thought Rogue one and solo were better than the prequels and the sequels. And mm. so therefore, uh, it's five films versus six, six bad, five good. You don't have that ratio with Marvel. It's not even
3: close. Yeah.
0: So that is the model under which things should be measured. My opinion
3: Mm-hmm. I mean where,
0: where my problem exists with Marvel is in their books they're unreadable they're disjointed except for there's no devil. continuity there's nothing there's nothing and they have destroyed so many tenants of so many characters and I don't care if Captain America is black or Falcon uh, I don't care if if uh you know uh uh, uh, thor is a woman i don't care about any of that what i care about is the fact that the stories suck and they're doing things like that not to be not not to because it naturally evolves that way it's because they're trying to force it and it's terrible storytelling Mm -hmm. to do things that way you can't force things like that that's my problem with marvel that's my problem. Some of the things that Hasbro does regarding Marvel, which we we talked about last week, and we're going to talk more about in the second segment today, mm-hmm. that's the that's you know that's my problem with Marvel. It's what some entities have done with Marvel properties. That's my problem with Marvel, not Marvel overall. I've been reading Marvel comics <laughs> since I was eight. I so, I, anyway. I, always,
3: I always go back to the fact that. Uh, I've had trouble reading. I've always been a Spider-Man fan since I was a, a young kid, and I'm having so much trouble just trying to read the stories. I like a lot of the stuff that Dan Slott did, but since they did that whole brand new day thing, like i have just—it's hard for me to just read read Spider-Man. <laughs> still, I mean, luckily the Daredevil books are really good. I'm not going to speak for anything else, but uh, Daredevil thing—the Daredevil keeps me going back week after uh, month after month. I should say at least so. What?
0: But that said, that's one of my books, Monty. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it did have a run there that was awful. When they sent him to San Francisco, awful. Art was awful. Writing was awful. Story was awful. They brought him back to New York.
3: Mm -hmm. All right. But let me, but, but, and not to, well, I mean, it's kind of our culture here. So, but going back from when they did the whole relaunch, uh, when Kevin Smith took over in volume two, um. Overall, those are a lot of issues that they wrote, and and in general, since then, and that's kind of like a blip in the radar, as far as I'm concerned, was really that San, Fran- San Francisco. I'm I'm totally in agreement with you, and I know there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes uh, that happened with that run, um, with the whole San Francisco storyline that we're not going to go into right now. Um, right, but yeah, outside of that, yeah, it was absolutely uh, solid. Besides San Francisco, um, oh, let me
0: just address. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Monty. No let me just uh, let me just address. Uh, West Coast Scott, who's joined us cool. uh, in in our mm-hmm. uh, Patreon uh, viewing room. Yes, it was Agents of Shield. Was worse than I think it was. It has to be because I bailed out so many seasons ago, and I've not heard a decent word about it since. There, just wanted to say that
3: Agent Carter, though, still very underrated. Fantastic Agent show. Carter was great. Agent Carter, fantastic, fantastic show. Yep. Um. Okay, moving on. Another show, actually, Marvel. Oh, look at that. at those several ways. Um, Variety reports that Samuel L. Jackson is definitely set to reprise his role as Nick Fury in a new Marvel uh, series that's in development by Disney+. No words on the plot. No words about a whole hell of a lot of stuff. But you know what? <clears throat> I'm excited to have Samuel L. Jackson in any, any way, shape, or form. I mean, it'll be obviously a lot more PG because it's Disney+. But, yeah, I'm okay with that.
0: You know, it, it's it's interesting because the last word on Sam Jackson's involvement with Marvel was that he would gracefully bow out in some manner after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like there would be some way that they would kind of, uh, you know, sort of remove or retire him or something in some way. This is actually really great news because if it turns out to be, you know, a show, let's say like uh, like Agents of Mm S.H.I.E.L.D., only not mired in shit, (laughs) uh, then it probably, you know, it could be a really great show. The Nick Fury show could be everything, everything that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't, like tolerable or watchable.
3: (laughs) It was... (laughs) It's brutal. Um, But yeah, like I said, I'm happy to kind of have them back in any shape or form. Uh, Let's go to, uh, we got some more Disney news right now. Uh, And this is going to be really stuff that, uh, you know, people were bitching and moaning on uh, the internet, uh, on Twitter specifically. Uh, Disney taps, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Yara Shahidi for Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell in a live action Peter Pan movie. Um, I mean, I'm all for a a Peter Pan movie. I think it's fantastic. Uh she's 20 years 20 years old. She's African American and of course the same old same old thing in terms of uh, you know, the whole put replacing white uh, actors actresses with uh, uh black characters. Uh in a case like this, I I have no problem with it. I don't I don't know why everyone's getting so upset, but um yeah, I watched a few videos of it I think it'll be I think it'll be fantastic. I'm more excited for the fact that there's going to be a live action Peter Pan movie. Uh and I did not even think really any tw- uh, twice of it to be honest with you.
0: Well, we we get a live action Peter Pan movie every couple of years.
3: Yeah, and I'm You know, I'm, the I'm last okay one that.
0: the the last one is possibly Hugh Jackman's worst film. Yeah. When he played Hook, it was awful. I mean, it was dreadful. And the one before that, Was what's his name Draco Malfoy's father, Lucius Malfoy? I can't remember the actor's Mm -hmm. name. That guy played Hook, and it was also a cruddy, cruddy movie. I mean, I on and then you have Hook, which I happen to be a a, a fan of. Although I would have edited it differently. I like, I like. in the sense that I would have gotten rid of as much of the Lost Boys as humanly possible because they 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 were the bane of that film. But the point is is that uh yeah, we get live action Peter Pans every couple of years. I have no expectations for this one um either. And it looks to me like they're, you know, they're just kinda, you know, sort of ginning it up by by you know, sort of uh doing um what would you call it non-traditional casting which again i don't have a problem with but you know there will be people uh, that will have a problem with that so i'm not one of them i don't think the three of us are we're not three of them we don't care it's about the performance if she gives a good performance fine Hmm. what's her name wasn't blonde Uh, uh julia roberts wasn't blonde
3: well, and you're she played Tinkerbell, tinkerbell? You're using some common sense there at the same time. So, so, I mean, it, just, it doesn't, yeah, it just
0: doesn't have to be a certain way. You know, that's not what, you know, that's not my point. My point is that we get a live action one every couple of years. None of them work. The last one that even came close to working, in my opinion, 1990s hook, you know, and again, that movie was tragically flawed in a number of ways. So mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs>
3: Uh, Another Disney bit of news. Uh, According to Variety, the company is developing a sequel to its photorealistic remake of The Lion King, Uh, which, I mean, there were, what, two sequels and a TV show? Uh, There was. What do you you know, Sandwich?
1: There was one sequel, I know for a fact. I don't think there was a third. There was, like, Lion King one and a half about Timon and Pumbaa.
3: Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of then.
1: And then there was a, like a knockoff TV show. Not a knockoff. It was like on Disney, Chan- Disney Junior. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if it's a sequ- if it's the sequel as in D- Lion King 2, I'll watch it because I like that Lion King movie. I thought it had a good soundtrack. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. If it's different, I'm probably going to watch it anyways because the Lion King, when it came out in theaters, it's a live action one. Not live action. It looked like live action. I thought
3: it was great. I really did. I mean, Personally. I mean, no matter what, uh, you cannot argue that these live action films, forget Mulan for a second here, um, making f effing dollars. Yeah. I mean, they're making yeah. so much money hand over <laughs> fist. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm actually curious if, if just Lady and a Tramp brought anybody into Disney Plus at the same time. Uh, we almost kind of forget about that because uh, we just focus on Mandalorian. Uh, but I mean, these, I can't believe that the photorealistic live action, whatever you want to call it, they're just doing so freaking well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, at a time right now, uh, why not go uh, with the much safer bet of a <laughs> of a Lion King 2 right now? If You know, it's going to make you a lot of money um, with all the shit going on. So, yeah. Um, one thing, and I feel like we really haven't talked about it enough, but obviously we can't talk about it right now because of the embargo, but that last episode of the boys oh holy awesome. moly yeah this is it is so damn good ah uh,
1: right can, can I say one thing, not a spoiler sure, love sausage
3: oh <laughs> it is such damn you uh, it is such, and I feel like it's like we were talking about this in discord um. I mean, there's so many good aspects of the show where you're either laughing, you're in suspense, you want to just kind of like uh, get emotional with the characters. It's so damn good. And I feel like it's actually not getting enough credit. And maybe because it's a little bit more like kind of HBO raunchy in a way. Uh, it maybe I, I don't know if that's part of the reason or it's part comic book or what exactly. But I think the people outside the geek culture really, really need to... Um, uh kind of give the series a try. Uh if um you want to give your thoughts though on the boys you can call the GVM hotline
1: 201-730-2547
3: and you can hear yourself in a future episode of Geek Stuff t and I was trying to trying to get you asleep in there. But the reason I'm bringing all this <laughs> up um is the fact that uh the show is going to be getting a spin-off. It's going to be getting a superhero college series. That will be uh, spun off, um, which, I mean, it, it's already doing great with the ratings. Um, they say season two has nearly doubled from season one, and they already have a season three um, planned, ready to go, depending when that comes out because of Corona. <clears throat> um, so expanding the universe kind of makes a lot of sense. There were... Um, in the in the books there were storylines that had to deal with younger superheroes think of it kind of like the minor leagues of uh, of of uh, right of, the, of the, the big crews so you know they can easily kind of intertwine i don't think they're going to do younger versions of the characters that they have uh going on right now but uh i i mean listen they've taken these storylines and they've made them so much more so much bigger and better that i am very okay with them um you know, going in any which direction, and it it's absolutely an amazing series, uh, book wise, uh, TV show wise, and you know what? I think this secondary spinoff might be the f- might be the first time I'm like I am legit excited for uh, a a sister show uh, to come out on a main series. So yeah. we'll just wait and see. The uh, it does say here that the uh, the series two finale is slated for October 9th on Prime Video. So we're, we're up against the gun there. That's coming up in a, a week and a half right there. Aww. So we, uh, we we shall see. So what is that? That would be eight episodes, I guess, for this year? Give or yeah. One
0: this week and one next week, I think, is yeah. eight. Yeah. yeah, so it'll yeah. be eight.
3: Damn, Soka. So, that we, so quick. We, we got we, we to really talk about like a, a whole season two recap when it's all said and done, because it is just whew, phenomenal. Yeah. phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I cannot recommend uh, people getting on that enough. Um, there's a bunch of like little odds and ends. Maybe I kind of want to save it for like a secondary. bonus quick hits, show. Quick hits, quick yeah, hits. You know what, Kev, so much of this stuff I think is really just where bonus show kind of, uh, thoughts okay. or something like that kind of want to do. Um, and there's one thing I want to save for the second half. So, you know, big Kev, cause we have, we, we're going to, we're going to have a, a long second half to the show. Why don't you uh, take us to the answer?
0: With that, Mr. Mayhem, Mr. Sandwich, we will take our first and only break. On this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 607. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one we haven't named yet, either.
3: After these messages, we'll be right back.
0: Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast, because we got married on Pi Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pi Day Family, And my new Twitter handle is at Pi Day Scott. Check us out. I'm James
1: Hatton, and I'm podcast Rob. And we're the something something cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture something podcast network. Something,
2: something. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's
0: legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga.
3: Hey, this is Joe Bob Briggs, the world's greatest drive-in movie critic, or actually the world's only drive-in movie critic, and you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff.
1: Live from Studio M, the sandwich shop, and Big Kev Huna Studios, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you hear from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118th scale making it the only fully-scaled, fully-detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your 3 three-quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a lighter bar 2 D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps! The S-foils open into attack position, the laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control! We recommend you take them up on their premium offer. You get 118th scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. He's a bit of a big deal. When you sign up for your subscription each month, In addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system so you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6770.
3: Check them out today. Should Daisy. Well done, my man. Well done. Uh, so we have really the three yeah. of us. We each kind of want to hit on some, uh, toy related stuff. Big Kev has a lot of, uh, Stuff to break down and analyze here, so uh, I will kind of just quick hits.
0: I mean, analyze would be a whole nother show. All right, fair enough. (laughs) Uh,
3: So I want to uh, first talk about something that's coming out from Arcade One Up. No word on a date or price right now, but they're coming out with something called an Infinity Gaming Table. Uh, Basically, think of it as a 24 or 32 inch kind of flat screen monitor uh, that is has a bunch of hasbro games uh built into it it also has an app uh an app store so you can uh download and then buy some other stuff so talking like monopoly battleship uh candleland just to kind of get things started off and i would assume that they're going to be able to add some more stuff uh later on down the line uh it's wi-fi enabled so it looks like you can um uh uh, play some board games with people who aren't in the same room with you. Uh, and you can just, this looks like a fun thing where like a cheap night to, you know, if you're able to actually bring people inside your house, if you dress them or not uh, to be able to just have uh, a general, you know, kind of game night with the different things. Or if you want to play with, let's say your buddy who's in uh, Hawaii, uh, you know, you're, you're itching to play a a, a game or two. You'll be able to do something like that. So um, something just to kind of keep on your radar. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Arcade 1-Up. And this looks like this could be like a really fun uh, gaming device for uh, really... It's
0: uh, it's the next level of board gaming.
3: It, it really is. And it's yeah. it, it's also like kind of animated board games at the same time. It's not just kind of like point and click kind right. of deal. So uh, I think this has a lot of potential. I think it's pretty interesting. And uh, like I said, something you kind of just should just keep on your radar. I have uh, met the CEO of the company uh, really great people who work for this place, so it's a lot of uh, interesting stuff coming out of here for uh, for sure. Um, sandwich, good sir, you have something that you would like to mention as well.
1: Yes. Uh, so, as we say on the show, I'm a fan of Magic: The Gathering. Don't fall asleep yet. I'm not going to talk about cards or stuff like that. Well, I am, but I'm going to try to keep you guys awake. So, um, Magic: The Gathering, owned by Hasbro is doing something, uh, a crossover, with The Walking Dead. Off the surface, that seems fine. They're doing something called a Secret Lair, which I might have talked about on the show before. It's a one-time, it's like sometimes a one-day thing where you buy certain cards, you keep, you buy them direct from Woods of the Coast, you send them to your house, it's great. So the issue with this thing is that they're selling unique cards, they're not going to make them anywhere else, directly to the people skipping over the game stores these are completely unique unique cards you can't buy them anywhere else so what's the problem with that the problem is they're cutting out stores from being able to sell you these products they're selling them it's five cards for 50 freaking dollars i'm i'm upset about this and the problem is You know, they're they're cutting out stores and they're making these cards. They haven't done this since 2003, the last time they did this, and there was a a huge uproar from the fans because you you can't, like, print out these cards and only expect, you know, everyone to get them. If they're good cards, they might warp formats. You know, they might just change the way the game works. You can only get them for a week. So if you miss that one-week window, there's literally possibly a chance you'll never get these things again. And then, you. It, How many are you ordering? <laughs> none of them, because I refuse to order this thing. Because it's disgusting. The Go fact ahead. that Wizards of the Coast thinks it's acceptable to screw over the game stores and sell directly to the players, and it's a shame. Because not everyone has my opinion. People are going to buy these things. They're going to buy these things in droves. And then it's fifty bucks. Now they're going to flip the cards for thousands, for thousands. That's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. And I it's, mean, it's, if you gather them all together, it's going to be thousands.
0: If they don't put a limit on the it, cards, somebody will put them on eBay, and they're ten dollars a pop. So if they go, you know, if they go twenty dollars a piece on the card, they're doubling their money, which means they get their set for free and
1: fifty bucks. It's it's just hard. Like if you buy two sets, you know if you only buy two if you only buy two it's not you a only team. buy two
0: and you flip the five cards for 20 a piece that's 100 bucks so oh, yeah. you've paid for your set and you get 50 bucks
1: the thing so, that it comes down to, to these things will be legal in all the competitive formats so what does that mean right. it means that these cards if they hit you know you're winning tournaments you're winning money and the guy who couldn't, you know, who missed the one-week window of buying cards, you know, it's his fault. He didn't want to shill. He didn't want to give up fifty bucks to buy this one-time thing. It's his fault that you want to buy f- five sets of these cards. It's not fair. It's hard. What if you? you we're in the middle of COVID. You know, what if you it's, can't afford this? This. Yeah,
0: it's purchase thing. for victory. It's it's a problem in video games too, as you well know. Yeah, you know. It, This whole sort of purchase your way to the top. Pay to win. Yeah, it's pay to win. Simple. It's just now, you know, becoming more evident in card games as
1: well. Yeah. So. um, A a person who works at Wizard of the Coast in the Magic Division said, you know, this will never happen unless unless the suits take over. And it appears (laughs) the suits have taken over (laughs) because, you know. It's happening. This. This happened in 2003. They did it at a convention. There was a convention-only card. And people lost their mind, because what if I can't go down to Georgia where the convention was to get this card? They said, we'll never do this again. And here we are, 17 years later, and they're literally doing it again. Except now, it's at a convention, you can just order them online, which is, oh, look, I got these cards. They also don't ship to Latin America, so Latin America is screwed. Uh, If you're shipping out of the U.S. of A., uh, the taxes and everything are through the roof. So it's yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's disgusting. It's very, very bad business practice, and I do not support this. If anyone listening to this has any of intention of buying this, I implore you, please. Do not waste your money on this. Go to your local game store and spend that $50 on something to support your local business. Not Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, before you lose it. Exactly. Before before you lose the local business.
0: If you're not supporting your local uh, comic shop, game shop, etc., you're going to lose it. That's just it. Then you'll be buying everything online and I guess playing in your house. You know, because if your shop is a place that you play in, that's what's going to happen. You know, you're going to end up with nowhere to play. You know, it's a shame because Wizards is doing the same thing a bit with D&D. At least if you're trying to go all digital for D&D, or at least partially digital for D&D, and you're over at D&D Beyond, which I've recently become acquainted with, Mm -hmm. what a scam. You know, you pay $50 for a, uh, you know, for a book, uh, you know, like a player's handbook or something for the physical version. And you got to throw down another 30 to have it digital. And guess what? If you're trying to use their online character sheet and so forth, and you want to create your character and you want to use a digital sheet to keep track of it you can't use the D&D Beyond one because they have isolated content from those books and you have to either pay for the individual content or you have to buy the book in order to be able to use that content on the sheet. For example, if you want to create a drow character on D&D Beyond, you can't do it unless you go and buy the player's handbook on D&D Beyond the digital version or you can go into the store and find the drow and it's a $1.99 to get access to create a drow on D&D Beyond. It's stupid. Not to mention the fact that the sheet and the app uh, are very uncoordinated and uh, you know, and a whole bunch of other things. I've just decided to start exploring it. It's dreadful. It's absolutely dreadful.
3: One thing, just to kind of add on to what you said uh, at the beginning of the conversation, Kev, there's a documentary I watched called "The Booksellers" on, ironically enough, on Prime Video. Uh, really, just talking about the state of the uh, book collectors market and um, how pretty much like Strand is like the one of the last like big name bookstores um, from Book Row and everything like that in Manhattan. Right. And the one aspect, uh, one or two dealers, uh, ironically enough, one dealer who was not too far i think from um um uh for me actually uh he talks about just how people prefer going on ebay or just going shopping online for these uh exclusive collectibles instead of trying to you know enjoy the hunt of finding something which i am in absolute agreement on uh when it comes to that like I i can tell you some certain comics i bought that were not worth much money i could have bought them online for what I, you know, for for an inexpensive price, but I remember shopping and finding them in bins and stuff like that at right uh, at stores at conventions at, at retail uh, resellers or whatever, and it it's just so much more enjoyment, and unfortunately I think this uh, uh, where there's a generation that unfortunately just doesn't really grasp that excitement of. Um, trying to find something without having to just use the internet for uh, click and buy. So I don't know if that's an eBay and an Amazon fault or whatever the case may be, but it has right. unfortunately really, really hurt. Besides the fact that it's hurt industries, it just takes away a lot of the fun that I think people don't even realize, which can be its own show right there. I can, I can rant and go on, uh, for sure there. So, uh, yeah, uh, big Kev, you have something that you would like to speak of. Uh, yeah, too. I mean,
0: just just really quickly. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just thought we could do some quick hits. Um, uh, I know, so, I know you guys saw some of this stuff. Um, PulseCon, which is Hasbro's virtual convention, which was a live action convention last year, I'm pretty sure. Um, they did it virtually this year it was kind of just like basically a lot of reveals. They had some exclusives. I think we talked about the exclusives last year, right? Or last week, rather. Um, and did we talk about the Marvel? We talked about Marvel five POA, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, basically what I want to do now is talk about some of the stuff, just really quick hits about some of the stuff we saw that got revealed and, uh, why it's problematic. I guess the biggest thing to talk about is, um, they dropped another has lab. Um, so now you have two running at the same time. One is for the Hero Quest board game,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is, in my opinion, is dreadfully overpriced. Uh, just one man's opinion. And now, um, during PulseCon, they dropped the next Star Wars, um, has lab and predictably uh to some and disappointment to others it's the razor crest from the mandalorian for 1 scale
2: mm.
0: now it looks phenomenal and they showed a lot of 3d renderings of it and it looks great uh it comes with a mandalorian with the full beskar armor and a cloth cape, which will be different than the regular release, which will which will have a plastic cape. Um, and it, at eight, I think it was eight thousand backers. They released uh, one of the upgrades, I guess, which was the escape pod. Um, I don't recall seeing that during the show. Maybe I missed it or maybe it's upcoming. Don't know. Pops out of the top. It kind of looks like the Mandalorian laying in a stretcher and it pops out of the top. I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. Mm. Um, and then at 10000 they had another uh, a tier reward, which was, anybody? The child for 118th scale with the pram. He will be carded. I don't know if they said whether that Mandalorian with the cloth cape would be carded or not. For some people, the carding is important. Um, uh, so that was n- not a surprise. Um, I put on our Facebook, I, I think I shared a really interesting article from Jedi temple archives uh, that, that really shines a light on the fact that HasLab has really become a way f- just for Hasbro to make more money where it was, you know, sort of set up and sold as a service to fans um, because they're going to make things that otherwise wouldn't be made in retail. Really? The most popular show in the genre, and it's the guy's ship, and that wouldn't have done well in retail? Let's, for example, say that, I don't know, it's the most popular Star Wars thing in years. But you still don't think... The Millennium Falcon for Smuggler's Run sold out in minutes. And that was $400. This is 350 Comes with at least a couple of figures at this point, And they couldn't have put that in stores? No. And the reason they didn't put it in stores is because they now have a direct channel. Albeit, you know, kind of a bullshit one. Where they're making things... And the whole reason HasLab was created, to make things that wouldn't work at retail. Right, the barge wouldn't have worked at retail. Totally agree. This ship would have flew off the shelves in retail. Flew. Off the shelves, at retail, no doubt, in my mind, not even a little. But, by doing it this way, Hasbro is guaranteeing not only that they make more money because you know if those items go on clearance in the big box stores hasbro makes less money you know i you know i brought this up before with monty before we went on there was that tank from road one tank like big you know 118 scale tanks a decent sized vehicle went on clearance didn't work on clearance went to five below the $40 vehicle went to 5 below. And Hasbro knows it and Hasbro lost money on it. So Hasbro has decided we're going to use this haslab to put these things out. And guess what? If people decide they don't want it, they don't back it, they don't reach their number, they don't have to produce it. They have nothing to lose. It's a win-win except for the premise that it's supposed to be for things that people have wanted for years but haven't been able to get. Not, from, not for the ship of the show, uh, of the most popular genre show on television right now. That clearly is going to sell in Target and Walmart and ShopRite and 7-Eleven and anywhere else they decide to put it. You know, it's infuriating the way that sometimes... That, you know, I started the hashtag Hasbro is Hopeless. You know, because th- this is just another example of they're just manipulating fans. That's all it is. Am I happy they're doing the Razor Crest? Sure, I am. Am I happy that it's as amazing as it looks? You bet. Is that what HasLab was intended for? Fuck no. Hasbro was intended to do shit that wouldn't work at retail, and this clearly would. Just like HeroQuest would have worked at retail. Except HeroQuest wouldn't have worked at retail at $150 or whatever the hell they're getting for on HasLab. It wouldn't have. And so, therefore, stick it in HasLab. If they want to buy it at 150 and we get enough people, we make it. If they don't, then we don't. They've abused it already, and the thing isn't even three years old. They've already abused the shit out of
3: it. It's only three it's un- years old?
0: Wow. Yeah, the the barge was, I think the barge was seven 17, wasn't it? We're still in 2020, and now they're yeah. running two has labs side by side, something they said would never happen, by the way. No. Nah. Uh, and two of them are now running, and right on the heels, by the way, of sentinel which went yeah. for a good long time so yeah it's a it's just abuse do i appreciate the things that hasbro does for fans yes when they do them for fans you know the barge was something they did for fans barge never works at retail Haslab lab made it work lots of people bought the barge wonderful sentinel at that price wouldn't have worked at retail not at that price but would it have worked at retail at a realistic price? You bet it would have. Shouldn't have been done at Haslab. Razorcrest, most popular genre show on TV, the main ship, wouldn't have worked at retail? You know the fuck it would. The fucking smugglers run Falcon sold out in 10 minutes. You think the Razorcrest isn't going to? It's ridiculous. It's abuse. But... uh That's just one part of PulseCon. Uh, Let's just do some quick hits, Mr. Monty. Now, I'll I'll summarize some of this. They put out Power Rangers as one of their lines. I think, I'm not a fan of Power Rangers, but the Power Rangers stuff that I see in the stores and that I see revealed looks awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, if I were a Power Rangers fan, I'd be over the moon because these are way better than anything bandai ever produced my opinion i saw all the bandai stuff for years and the the hasbro stuff is way better way better so good on hasbro for that they put out a bunch of transformers i don't know a lot about transformers past really gen one you know and i saw some stuff that looked really interesting and i saw some stuff that looked kind of chintzy and cheap so that's kind of transformers Hasbro also decided to put out a uh, Marvel Legends 1-1 scale or or roleplay. It's not 1-1 scale. uh, uh, Stormbreaker, which is Thor's axe, looks amazing. Looks really, really wonderful. Plan to check it out at our next New York Comic-Con booth because it'll be there, one form or other. Um, So there was that. That was really great. They also reintroduced Zoids. If you know what Zoids is, maybe you're happy about this. If you don't know what Zoids is, check out the Netflix show called Zoids Wild. I think it's called. It's coming soon. This is obviously a tie-in with that. I was was a fan of Zoids only wherein I could combine them with other things because they were like HO scale, you know, like (laughs) scale-wise. So, they really fit in, you know, like, unless you removed the little dudes that were in it, if anybody remembers. The gorilla is the one most people remember. It's the one I had. I had two versions of them, too. I had an original version. I had a redo version they did several years later. Um, But they're coming back, so keep an eye out for those. They're kind of robot, animal sort of things. I think kids put them together, I think, if I remember correctly. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, Just... Just think of it like, you know, build X-Wing, but a hell of a lot cheaper from a license nobody really knows. So there you go. And you get it all in one box. You don't get a little bit each month. So there you go. Um, and then uh, I would say they, they also talked about Ghostbusters. There's a controversy about Ghostbusters because they released an Ecto-1. It's clearly the Ecto-1 from the new movie. It's also 1 18th scale. And the figures they have been putting out are 1-12th scale. So no one knows if that means there's going to be new one figures to go with this car, or if there's going to be a 1-12 classic Ecto-1 to go with the figures that they're already putting out. And they didn't have an answer for that. You know, one, no one asked them because there was no real questions. So there you go. <laughs> Um, so that'll, that'll remain in limbo until somebody decides, wow, we really screwed up that, uh, we really screwed up that, um, that Ghostbusters presentation at PulseCon, huh? So, uh, G.I. Joe is coming back in six inch. If you're not aware of that, um, they showed a few more figures, a regular Cobra trooper, Uh, which is sort of an apology for the fact that the other one was a Walmart exclusive sold out everywhere, and the second market has exploded. The prices are ridiculous. They showed also um, Zartan, which looks like an amazing figure to me. Um, Not a G.I. Joe fan, not now. Anyway, I was back in the day, Um, but Zartan looks great. They also showed Firefly, who was like the commando in the gray camo. Interesting Uh, sort of take Um, and some other uh, some other things as well that line continues to kind of be a small release line two three figures three four figures let's see how they do which i think is smart on their part considering the last bunch of three and three quarters just hit the wall this of course has the three and three quarter guys going the fuck you're gonna screw us out of gi joe two now you already did that to star wars fans despite the razor crest being 118 there was precious little else uh vintage collection that was shared but we'll get to that in a minute um so that was basically gi joe did i miss anything um so let's we'll, we'll dive a little bit just a tad deeper uh mr monty can you go down do you have the star wars list open
3: i do sir um, so you
0: tell me what, what we talked about for Star Wars? All right. Now, of course, it was a whole bunch of black series.
3: Yes. Yeah, so stuff. there is the vintage collection. Right.
0: That's the three and three quarter.
3: Okay. We have the uh, archive with 50th Lucasfilm logo. That's really nothing. The holiday edition.
0: Yeah. These these are embarrassing. Um, they're basically Christmas decorated troopers. And there's one looks like Santa one has, I mean, just Google them. They're embarrassing. I mean, Hasbro should just be embarrassed uh, at this point. They serve no purpose at all. Guys can't get the regular versions of some of these characters can't get the regular versions, but Hasbro has the audacity to put out holiday themed versions it's it's embarrassing. Why are they not embarrassed by this? Guys struggling to get some of these troopers. Struggling. And and they put out a Christmas a Santa version of one of them and one looks sort of like an elf. It's just you know, I don't mind every year sort of not every year. They put out one figure usually. That's like, you know, like some, some kind of little Christmas special. It's usually a Disney tie-in thing. Mm-hmm. It's like Yoda with a little Christmas gift or it's, I don't know. It, they've had a bunch of different ones over the years. One off, sold by Disney in the parks is one thing. Uh, a series of like, I think there's five or six of them, all of them exclusive to different retailers meaning you're hunting all over the place for them and online and everywhere else. It's embarrassing. They just don't get it. They're hopeless. Guys trying to get regular versions of these characters can't get them, but you're going to waste time, money, resources, and put out these shit Christmas versions. It's embarrassing. What else you got?
3: Well, do we want to <laughs> hit on the uh, some of the other uh marvel items there or Well what
0: what else was in was was there anything else just hit the vintage what there wasn't that many it's to the vintage to, to talk. it
3: was uh an Anakin figure with new cloaks soft goods uh we have yeah, Queen Amidala it's, it's,
0: Yeah those are both from Attack of the Clones
3: we have Battle droid Yeah mm-hmm. T- another T- th- one Tie fighter pilot Uh huh Captain Rex.
0: Captain Rex, uh huh. And
3: the Mandalorian Incinerator Trooper Flame Effect.
0: Yeah, that actually looks like a real decent figure. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, a smattering of licenses there. What about Black Series?
3: Black Series, we have Phase 1 Clone Trooper Refresh. We have Jar Jar Binks. We have Boba Fett with improved articulation, all new sculpt. So- flame, grapple hook, removable backpack, gun yeah. cut in half and molded cape.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about those two for 1 second because they have listed them as deluxe figures, meaning they are going to be more expensive than the regular 2022 $20, dollar black series figures. They're going to be more expensive. By uh, I heard 29.99. I hope that's not true. Um, Because if you look at the photo, at least of Boba Fett, they can't justify $10 of additional money uh, on the stuff they've included with that figure. It's a disgrace. And although Jar Jar comes with a big shield and a spear and some kind of weapon or nothing really that he used, mind you, nothing he used in the film. But even though all of that's in there, it's fucking Jar Jar Binks. You know, it's not a character we needed to revisit and put more junk in the box to up the price. Again, hopeless. Anything else?
3: Uh we have what the hell was the last thing I said? I said Boba Fett. Uh, Dark Side Ray, Mando Incinerated yeah. Trooper. And Mando. Yeah, the Dark Side
0: Ray is in the film for literally three seconds. But she's getting a six-inch Black Series figure where other characters who have been in multiple movies still have not.
3: Uh, after that, it was the Mando Incinerator Trooper and Mando the Armor.
0: Yeah, Mando with the Beskar Armor, which is how he looked at the end of the first season when he had his full armor. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of those are kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else, Star Wars, that I'm forgetting?
3: Uh, so that was everything from the black line. We hit the vintage line uh, for the... Da, 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 we have Archive with the 50th Lucasfilm logo. We have Commander Cody. Empire Strikes Back Hoth Luke. Uh, Empire Strikes Back Hoth Luke gear. Uh, Thrawn photo, real face with red eyes. and Are these vintage? It. No, it says the archive, it's the archive line with 50th anniversary oh, Lucasfilm oh. logo.
0: Oh, I'm not sure if those are, oh, I wonder if those are, those might be um, like the old carded ones. which I thought were going away. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. What about Marvel really quick?
3: Uh, let's jump over to Marvel. So um, we have, we have a whole bunch of different lines. So really quickly, we have the Marvel legend panel overview. That's with the Stormbreaker uh, role play and the Silk Pulse right, exclusive uh, Avengers game verse wave two stealth Captain America, uh, atmosphere armor Iron Man, classic Falcon, Kane the Conqueror, Thunderbolt, uh, Joe, fix it, Hulk, build a figure. Mm. Yeah, so about that <laughs> line, mm. I'm just gonna pause right there.
0: Mm. Yeah, so about that line, <laughs> Kang is the real standout because he looks amazing. Also, that classic Falcon. Isn't really the classic Falcon. I'd say it's more mid, you know, mid mid uh, midlife Falcon. Um, it's still a classic costume. It's just not. I think classic. I think that deep V neck, you know, costume that he had like in the '70s when he and Cap were were partners. Uh-huh. Um, that's just me. Um, stealth suit Cap is basically the Cap they released this year in the Gamer Universe, but black. Uh, Iron Man is uh, Iron Man, but blue, Um, you know, but guys who collect Iron Man six inch armor variations, loving it, I'm sure. Um, It looks kind of like Rescue, if you know that's the armor he made for Pepper Potts, kind of looks like that. Um, And then there's the Build-A-Figure, Joe Fix-It. Joe Fix-It is a version of the Hulk happened in the probably the late 80s.
3: I was going to say 87, 88.
0: Yeah, he's gray. He's gray. He wears a suit. He went for a job as a bouncer. It was this whole thing. It was really, really an interesting storyline. It, it was fun. Although it went on for a little long. went on for a little bit of a long time. And, you know, it, depending on, on what you like, the art wasn't really that great. Still, it was a really nice and different direction for the Hulk. That said, the Joe Fix-It Hulk is gray. This figure is green in the suit, all that, but green. And I have pointed it out to many people, you know, where I've said, this is another sign that Hasbro is hopeless. Joe Fixit was never gray. And some people, oh, he's kind of a gray green. No. no, he was fucking gray. And this toy is fucking green. There's no way around it. It's green. This is not one. Of the, is it a blue dress? Is it a black dress? Whatever that thing was. It's not that. It's clearly 100% green. And if you look at any picture of Joe Fix It, he is gray. Now, they're also saying, well, this is based on the Joe Fix It from the video game. Well, I looked at all the screen caps and shots and things that I could find from the video game, and guess what? He's fucking gray there, too. You know, it's clear that Hasbro fucked this up. It's clear. And are they going to fix it? Are they going to release a second, uh, a comic-inspired Joe fix it? Maybe where the jacket's white and he's actually gray? Maybe. But I just think it's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous that, that, you know, that people are, are, they can't even agree on what they see with their own eyes. That thing is fucking green as sure as I'm sitting here in Hawaii. I, I'd it's almost rather them
3: just admit like, yo, we, we fucked up. We made an honest mistake. I, I, I'd appreciate it hasn't it.
0: even been released yet.
3: They can fix it before it comes uh, out. And that's fine. I just, you know, it just, I, I mean, hell, if we make a mistake on the show, we just straight up say we made an honest mistake. Just do that. That's, that's fine. I'm, I'll be okay with no, it. No, no, it's
0: a gray green. Well, guess what? Joe fix. It wasn't a gray green. He was fucking gray. Yeah, You know, there's no Pantone color for gray-green. He was fucking gray. Any picture! Google Joe Fix-It Hulk and look, with the exception of one photo that was clearly redone by somebody where he had green, every other photo there is is gray. I just don't get how you drop a ball and then kick it like this. It's just unreal, you know? It, it, and this isn't a soccer drop-in. This is just like Fuck it, they're gonna buy it anyway. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. What else was in Marvel?
3: Uh, going back over to Marvel, I uh, lost my spot. Uh, we have some retro figures with Black Panther and Iron Man. We have Yeah, now those
0: are pulse exclusive versions of the five POA Correct. that are gonna have like shiny metal parts or something. They're not metal, they're just shiny or metallic. Yep. <laughs> Stupid.
3: Because you can't
0: put lipstick on a pig. There's a perfect example. You can't put shiny on shit. It's still shit.
3: Okay. Going forward, we also have from uh, the Spider Verse wave, we have movie Miles, movie uh, Spider Gwen. Both Uh, look amazing. Comic based Stilt Man, uh, and Ninja Troop, Hand Ninja Troop Builder.
0: Yes. So let's talk about that. And there are more characters to come in the line uh, that they have not a, announced yet. Those two figures, Miles and, and, and uh, Gwen, uh, uh, both look amazing. Both look great from the movie. Really great. Sort of like kind of a, a bit more realistic than the movie. Really, really look great. But the winner here, and there are two winners here, and the first winner is, uh, well, there's three winners. The first winner is all Daredevil fans, because here's a figure that Daredevil fans have wanted forever, and it's Stiltman. Stiltman is a Build-A-Figure. Uh, Monty, you should look online for this. A Build-A-Figure where the leg segments, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a genius move by Hasbro. Write the date down. I just said Hasbro had a genius move. They put the leg segments in with the hand ninja, who is an army builder, meaning it's a generic character that you're going to want a lot of because Daredevil never fights one hand ninja. He fights 21 hand ninjas. Yeah and the leg segments for stiltman so if you buy 10 ninjas you're getting 20 looking like 6 or 7 inch segments for stiltman you got to google this monty cuz it's going to blow your mind the marvel guys had one they had they probably had 10 or 12 leg segments on the figure it looked amazing It looked absolutely amazing. So Daredevil fans.
3: looks absolutely great.
0: I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I I don't even, you know, like Daredevil's a wheelhouse, but I don't really do, I haven't done really villains. I'm getting that one because that's a brilliant idea and it's something, and hand ninjas as well. I can get five or 10 hand ninjas, put those leg segments on, and I got a really great displayable stilt man finally. So, yeah, that's actually, it was one of the highlights of PulseCon for me. The stilt man and the genius of putting the leg segments in with a generic troop builder. And that generic troop builder is a hand ninja. Brilliant.
3: That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Uh, Let's see what else we have. We have some bad guy stuff. We have Arcade and Dormammu.
0: Unbelievable. Arcade looks amazing. If you've ever been an X-Men fan uh, and an Arcade fan, this figure is long awaited by you. He looks amazing. He's got platform shoes on. He's got the white suit. He's right out of the 70s. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that's from a wave called Bring on the Bad Guys. Um, And it's going to be all uh, bad guys. And Arcade and... Um, the comic accurate Dermamu are the first two in that wave. Uh, we don't know about anybody else in that wave. We don't know if there's a Build-A-Figure in that wave. I don't believe they shared any of that at this point.
3: Uh, we also have for my 30th anniversary of the Infinity Gauntlet, we have a classic deluxe Thanos. Yes. And a silver a fallen Silver Surfer, which will be a Walgreens exclusive.
0: Yes. Yeah. And on that note, therein lies one of the other things or complaints that come out of PulseCon is the fact that Hasbro is granting exclusives all over the place. And because (laughs) these places, you know, basically are open to bot buying, these exclusives are getting gobbled up. Target, Walgreens, they're all... Uh, uh, they're all susceptible to buying bots, which means you go online and two minutes in that product is sold out. That can't be possible unless bots are buying them. It's just not possible. And everybody is complaining how hard the GI Joe figures have been to get through target because they were target exclusives. And, from NECA, the Ninja Turtles figures, some of the exclusives have been really hard to get and sold out in seconds. That sort of thing. NECA at least has taken an active step in, uh, you know, in, in combating that by selling them on their own store as well. Um, I think Hasbro really needs to consider doing that with their Hasbro shop um, because there are people just not going to get these unless they're paying an ungodly gouged amount in the second market. So there you go. So anyway, that's PulseCon twenty twenty. A lot of really disappointing things. A few really shiny, nice, wonderful things. Uh one or two really exceptional things. So about typical for a Hasbro presentation, really.
3: Hot damn. Yep. Good stuff all around. Uh, boys, I think that kind of wraps up everything that we have for today. Yes. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please check us out at our new website, geeksoftng.com. You can also check us out, uh, over at Instagram, Facebook, and, um, Twitter. Yeah. Wow. Yep, the other one. Yeah, I couldn't remember that for a second. <laughs> and of course we are on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash geeksoftng.com. Uh, which uh, helps out the show a whole, whole lot. You can find me online as Monty's Mayhem, M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M, over on Twitter, over on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, YouTube, and, um, I don't know, probably some other places. Uh, Sandwich.
1: You can find me on Instagram and Xbox One at Fat
3: Saving the best for last, Kev. F A T. Go on.
1: T O M B L E D O R E. Kev.
3: Hot, hot damn. Uh,
0: yeah. Geek stuff. Uh, Big Kev GS on Xbox One. B K Geek stuff everywhere else. So there you go. That. So there you go.
3: Is just wonderful. And with that, Big Kev.
0: With that, Mr. Mayhem and Mr. Sandwich, we will bring this episode. Of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 607, uh,
1: that we did not name. Oh, yeah. Stilt Man saved us.
0: <laughs> I don't think it should just be Stilt Man. It should be something more broad. I don't want well, to know you as, about Stilt Man at Hasbro Con, because I think that's low. Uh, but I also don't want to just kind of ignore it. So it's something like... Hasbro's hmm, hellish con. Uh, too harsh. Hab, ha, Hasbro is hopeless.
3: That's even worse. No
0: pulsecon. Yeah, I mean uh, that's my hashtag though. Um, <laughs> let's Not see. Not uh, uh, I want to. Uh,
3: we can do this after we sign off the show. Just saying. What's that? We can, uh, we can decide this after we finish the show.
0: We could. And with that, we will bring this episode to a close the way we end some episodes by saying Good night, Helen Reddy, wherever you are.
1: And on that note,
2: we cue the music. I'll be your candle on the water, my love for you will always burn, I know you're lost and drifting, but the clouds are lifting, don't give up, you have somewhere to turn. your candle on the water, till every wave is warm and bright, my soul is there beside you, let this candle guide you, soon you'll see a golden stream of light, So take it, love.